Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. We cannot start this episode. We can absolutely not start this episode without thanking the following people who went to our Patreon.com and support the show. So thank you, Fangirly, Bill Dixon, Jonathan Renteria Elie, Jack Connolly, Alice Kazanis, Derek Haynes, Melanie Harker, Dr. Jason Woods. Allison Keen, Battle Mat Fitness, Westbourne East Bread, John Richard Helter II, Dave Trumbor III, damn it again, and the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey listeners out there, if you want to get on this list of super cool people, we'd love it if you'd head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, remember that's morning with a U, to see how you can support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for your support, and now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Totsky Tea House Culinary Academy, I'll be your sous chef, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, he knows the difference between a bird's beak and a sheep's foot. It's John Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. You've got a, you've got a <laughs> dazzling array Ooh. of cutlery that you brought to the podcast today for some ungodly reason that I can't uh, quite figure out. Would you care to describe why you have so many knives today? Uh, well, I, little known fact, I am a sales representative from Global Knives, and here I only want to be able to show the best that we have for anybody who is planning on getting into the kitchen and showing off their culinary prowess. And today, I've got a couple knives that I wanted to show you. I've got a chef's knife. It's an 8-inch long. I've also got a traditional Japanese deba and just a small utility knife. Dave, that's the small set and sample that I want to be able to convince you to pull in and adapt into your kitchen, into your heart, so that when you get recruited for the food wars, you can take those into combat. Let me ask you this question. Is it, a, is it a, a good selling point that you hold each of these knives by the handle and point them threateningly at the person you were trying to? Yeah, just like that. I don't know what Dang you're talking about. Oh, in front of my face. I'm sorry. I'm using knives as punctuation in sentences. I shouldn't be doing that, right? Probably, it's probably not your best sell. Uh, I'm a bad sell. I will buy the sampler <laughs> pack just out of fear, but I don't know if it's going to work real well for everyone else down the road. But, hold on a minute. I got to yeah. call the office. Yeah. Yeah, I got a sale! Yay! Um, great. Still employed. Congratulations. Still employed. I did and it, guys. I'm prepared everybody. for the food wars to come. <laughs> so everybody wins. Oh, man. I will say this month, interesting for us because we are weaning off of Anime April. And going into Anime. Oh, my God. Why have we not done that? I don't know. I just thought of that. Though. Damn it. <laughs> Probably because too much anime is too much anime. <laughs> I think. Uh, so we are we are we're going into May, which is very fun and exciting. One, because this entire month we are going to be talking about cartoons that you, the listener, yes, you listening right now, have suggested, and that have you have either communicated those suggestions over Facebook, email, Twitter, Instagram, and you've been awesome about it. Smoke signals. Smoke mm-hmm. signals. Message in a bottle. Pigeon as a service. That's a real thing. These are all things that you have at your disposal to be able to contact us with. So what you're saying is no more anime. Thank God. I couldn't watch another anime. I think I've had my fill. If I never see another one, if I never talk about it again, I think I'll... But Dave, I said we're weaning. So in order to get 
back into this month and to acclimate with it, we are going to have one more anime before we go full on into a bunch of different crazy things that our, our listeners have suggested for May. So it is anime. It is anime. And Can we're... someone out there make Justin Timberlake saying, it's gonna be anime, and I don't care if it doesn't make sense with the meme, please just do it, and I'll be the only one who appreciates it, but I love you forever. I'm gonna work on it tonight for you, buddy. Perfect. Great. So this also is very exciting because not only are we doing something that is exciting for us because we we love having these conversations with you. We love interacting. We love that you guys are listening and that you're enjoying this show. And we love getting into these user suggestions because everybody that listens always pings us with some of the craziest stuff. And these are things that we remember. And when we get a tweet or we get a message from you, our immediate conversation between Dave and I is, oh shit, we forgot to put that one on the list. But that's what I love because it's, it, it changed from the early days of doing this where everybody was like, have you seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And we're like, I mean, yeah, like we can talk about it for hours, but sure. yeah, that's not like obscure. And now we're getting, now we're getting some weird stuff yeah. from you guys. And we really <laughs> appreciate it because a lot of times we just forget or we never got to see it. So that's why we're here. Right. Which... It's exciting because we are watching this. This comes from our listener and our good buddy, William. He has been, and we, we have to just explain this. He's been going through our entire back catalog of shows. Yep. And he has, been, episodes. Yep. he has been writing us emails telling us when we've been right, when we've been wrong. And also, there was just one email that said that we're dead to him. So we're still not 100% sure with that one. I think it was think probably about peanuts. That, yeah, yeah, he came back after that. Yeah. So uh, this week, William, this is for you, buddy. We are watching Food Wars. And just to give everybody some context, William messaged us and said, Sean, please think four or five exclamation points. Tell me you've watched Food Wars as not a question, but just an exclamation, hard an exclamation point. Imperative statement. That's right. statement. O- OMG, if you think Prince of Tennis was sexual, Food Wars takes it to a whole other level. Ooh, he is not wrong. There is a lot of exclamation points. I will be tweeting you about this show. I want to know your reaction. William, tonight you are going to get that reaction to how Dave and I feel about Food Wars. So get ready, buddy. Get in the kitchen. Do some mise en place. Get prepped for this, bud. Ooh, mise en place sounds like a real sexy maneuver. Is that like a Kama Sutra thing? No, it's just it's just prepping everything that you're about to cook. It's the yes, that's it's the, the, like a Kama Sutra thing. Uh, but a sutra is you know what? Yes, is a hundred percent a Kama Sutra. It's a hundred percent a Kama Sutra, buddy. Don't worry about commas work. <laughs> Other thing that is crazy exciting about the month of May is not only is this user suggestion month, but we are also doing. Uh, a giveaway. We are doing some giveaways throughout mm. this entire month. And as a part of this, we are giving away some products that we have received from our sponsor. You know what? Hold on. This is the first I'm hearing of this. What? Uh, it had better be sexy. It. I'm, I'm 100% going to tell you tonight is going to be maybe the sexiest episode that we've Ooh. ever done. After dark. Yes. And so to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor... We're going to kick it over to our buddy, Bobby Anthem, for the details. Hey, SMC listeners. Bobby Anthem here to tell you about our first sponsorship with Spunk Lube. Yeah, that's right, Spunk Lube. Look, we know you're listening to a podcast about cartoons, but let's be honest, you're not a kid anymore. So when you've got adult things going on, reach for Spunk Lube. 
Our SMC listeners have a chance to get lucky and win a free sample of Spunk Lube. But right now, everybody can get some of this special offer. Go to spunklube.com and use the offer code SMC at checkout to get 10% off any order. That's spunklube.com and use the code SMC for 10% off your order. Now, on with the show. Didn't I tell you this was going to get sexy? That is sexy. This is the sexiest show we've ever done. I'm going to I'm going to bring this back. This is a callback. Cops after dark. Yeah, there we go. We are in full sexy mode right now. I got to say, like even the sexiest episode that you and I together have ever done is like not probably super sexy. Let's just be honest. But the fact that we have Bobby Anthem, the soul man himself, doing our <laughs> Doing our plugs for us. I mean, that's just like infinite. He's a hundred percent the best. So good. Yes. It's also uh, a great lead-in for tonight's episode, which weirdly got sexual. Oh, this got very, very sexual. William yeah. was not lying in any he way, wasn't. shape, or form about how sexy this was. In fact, I will say he almost misrepresented how sexy this was going to be because this is on a level of kink that I didn't know even existed, and I love to cook, and this is bananas. <laughs> So, <laughs> food puns. Yeah. Get ready for unintentional food puns all night. Oh, what boy. are we talking about, by the way, for people like me who didn't know about this show? Right. So let's get, let's get into a little bit of the history about food wars. Food wars, also known as Shokugeki no Soma, is a Japanese shonen manga series written by Yuto Sakuda and illustrated by Shun Saiki. Yuki Morasaki also worked as a collaborator providing the recipes for the series. So yes, this is a food-related show, and they had Yuki Morisaki doing and collaborating on the actual recipes for the series. That's bananas to me, first and foremost. Individual chapters have been serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump since November of 2012. An anime adaptation by JC Staff aired between April and September of 2015. A second season named Food Wars, The Second Plate, aired between July and September of 2016. The first course of the third season, which is... <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised that they didn't call this like something like amuse-bouche, uh, you know, like first course or like... I mean, Hannibal's got that covered. Oh, that's right. That, what yeah. a, that's, a, that's a sexy food show as well. That's a sexy food show. That's a sexy food cannibal show. murder porn. Yeah. Yep. So the first course of the third season referred to as Food Wars The Third Plate aired between October and December of last year, 2017, mm-hmm. and the second half premiered April 9th, 2018. So it's actually pretty current. I mean, yeah. granted, we're only going to talk about the first couple of episodes tonight. Right. But that's actually pretty current, and I'm assuming this is probably still going will still be going this will i mean i'm assuming that since since it's still serialized that they've got a lot of content that they're going to be working through and when they kind of explain a little bit more about how this culinary academy works you realize that yeah they're like they're going to be there for a finite amount of time and then maybe you actually follow this maybe you follow soma into his career his first steps of his career opening a restaurant there's a lot there's a lot to take place here so i'm excited I kind of wish that after watching the first episode, I just immediately jumped to the most recent episode that aired on Crunchyroll. By the way, this is available on Crunchyroll and Verve. Uh, Verve being the Crunchy a Crunchyroll channel provider. So you can check that out. Weirdly enough, this is also available on Hulu as well. 
How about that? Hulu yeah. does have a good anime selection. It's weird that this isn't like an exclusive to any one of those three channels. Jeez. But I digress. Uh, it would have been fun to like watch that first episode and then immediately jump to the most recent one and just been like, just to see the difference in the power dynamic between the two. It would be like watching the first ever episode of like Dragon Ball and then going to like the end of Super and just being like, what the what shit the? happened? Actually, I think if you do that, my reaction would be like, oh my God, are they still in a fucking tournament? Yeah. They've it's, never it's finished this tournament. It's just big tournament for oh. 560 episodes. It's, it's nothing but a tournament and Goku's still a bad dad. Yo, I get there's it. Still gotta, there's got to be a tournament in Food Wars, right? Yeah, I mean, you would We've think so. We've already got school. There's got to be a tournament somewhere. I, I, absolutely. There's definitely going to be tournaments. But hey, here's where everything starts with Food Wars Shokugeki no Soma. Uh, it tells the story of a boy named Soma Yukihira, whose dream is to become a full-time chef in his father's neighborhood restaurant and surpass his father's culinary skills. But just as Soma graduates from middle school, at the age of like 15, by the way, his father, Joichiro Yukihira, gets a new job that requires him to travel around the world and closes his shop. Whoops, I just gave you the pretty much the entire synopsis of the first episode. <laughs> However, Soma's fighting spirit is rekindled by a challenge from Joichiro, which is to survive in an elite culinary school called Totsuki Tea House Culinary Academy. Where, and I've seen different values for this. In the show itself, it says less than 10% of students graduate. In right. the wiki, it says less than 1% graduate. So pretty, pretty big discrepancy there. But, you know, <laughs> less than 90% of people uh, manage to graduate. In the academy, students can initiate a shokugeki, or food war, with any other student or alumni. A cooking fight with stipulations on the line. So think of it like a food fight in a cafeteria, but where it actually means something. And instead of just throwing food around... Uh, you're actually cooking and creating culinary masterpieces. So I like I love that twist on like the food fight idea. Right. Uh, battles fought in this way could be for cooking utensils, uh, membership in what's known as the Elite Ten, or even expulsion from the school. So there you go. There's your setup, which I think is I think is super fun. That's a that's a cool setup. It's something different than we've seen before. It's like and William mentioned this. It's like the Prince of Tennis setup, where initially it's like this is going to be stupid. Like this is a bad setup for a show. <laughs> Who's going to watch this? But because of the characters, because of the way they're presented and because of their sort of like their own personal struggles and their, their power scaling. Uh, it's really fun to watch. I, I love the determination in this yes. for, for Soma to be so defiant so often and really believe in his skills. I, I love, I love the, the backstory and a lot of the history that you get about him and, how long he's been in a kitchen and how long he's held a knife. And these things are all really cool details that really kind of separate and show the people who are in the current culinary academy who are sort of, they're being given this opportunity within the culinary industry. I love seeing that Soma has earned this mm. and it's awesome. So, but Dave, I have to ask the question. Shoot. What are your thoughts on food? Which is a huge question to ask, but more specifically, <laughs> Uh, do you cook I a lot? Feel about I mean, we're, we're we're about to talk a lot about food. Yeah, I know you. Right. I know you like food. I'm starving right now. But I want to like. What are your What are your thoughts and views on cooking? Oh, cooking! Shit, I used to do. Um, I did the Blue Apron, so like it's pretty much any of those sort of like prepackaged all the ingredients in a box for a variety of different recipes, and then you cook it at home. I loved it. It was just stupid expensive. Right. Uh, and then because of like personal issues with me, I've had to like change a bunch of dietary stuff. So I essentially just, <laughs> I just drink like Soylent every day. So it <laughs> seems like I'm completely anti anything food. Uh, but what's interesting about drinking 90% Soylent for most of my daily intake 
is that when I do actually get to <laughs> to enjoy a solid meal, <clears throat> it's actually <laughs> something that I like. I enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So it's sort of like you're like, oh, I love burgers. I could eat a burger every day. But after not eating one for a while, when you really get like that good burger uh, and an orange soda, then you like really love that good burger. And when you say good burger, you're talking about the the Keenan and Cal yeah. movie from Nickelodeon. That's why good I said burger. orange soda. Got it. Thank you. 100%. Just wanted to be, just uh, wanted yeah, to be clear. But honestly, like, I don't think I have the patience to be like a chef in training kind of thing. I'd say I'm not really like a chef in training. I'm more of just like a cook. Like okay. I can cook. I can cook. I can bake. I can do whatever in the kitchen and I'm, I'm fine at it. But I don't think I had the patience or the ambition or the interest to be like discovering new recipes or, or combinations or, you know, and, and I, I really hate, I'll tell you what I do hate about it. I oh, hate this kind of like frou-frou, uh, you know, I don't even know the terminology of it, but basically when everything's like a reduced into its essence, like a, like a deconstructed omelet or all that crap, just give me a fucking omelet. Just let me <laughs> eat an omelet. If I want to eat an omelet, I don't want like an egg yolk on the side and like a, you know what I mean? Just give me an omelet. Uh, I, I think you, you, you're treading into an area of the culinary world where when you're doing deconstructions for certain food, it better be spot on perfect because otherwise it just looks lazy and shitty and messy. It's just, you know, when I when I'm paying 50 bucks for like uh, a steak and it's just like a foam sploosh uh, on okay. my plate with like a little blood on So the, you're talking about molecular the, gastronomy. Yeah, like that kind of crap I can't right. stand. Yeah. I, I get it as like an experience or whatever, but I just I can't I can't do it as like yeah. an actual meal. Like I need to go let me go to McDonald's, get a value meal and then I'll come to your place and have an experience. There there's a place that's here in DC that does a lot of molecular gastronomy and it's like smell this wind and it's you know yeah. <laughs> it's a baked potato and you're like yeah. oh, okay they just, they just hold a <laughs> stack of french fries in front of you and just blow it in your face and it's like there you go that's they it just put an $18. oscillating $18. fan yeah. and then they throw so, salt into the fan yep. uh, it's a they, they do but minibar does a lot of stuff like that but uh, you know it, but they it, it's it's small consistent bites so like you could get anywhere from like I think 15 to 30 different courses throughout oh, course, the, like throughout like your meal because it's yeah. yeah exactly so it's just it's small food. So I, I think you're right. I think as an experience, it can be something that's really sure, interesting, yeah. you know, for for a meal, you know, where you're like, uh, I want like I want substance. I want to feel like really full. I'll actually say that the times that I've had probably the best meals of my life are the moments where I've had three or four or even five courses of a meal and still walked away and not felt gluttonous, not felt full where I, I definitely feel like, oh, shit, I was really satiated by that. That was delicious. See, for me, it's almost like the opposite because I, some of my best experiences are with comfort foods and with friends uh, and family. Yeah. So it's always like a Christmas or a Thanksgiving dinner or just like a big potluck or a barbecue or just like a bunch of pizzas, at like a pizza party or something like that. It's, it's all just like very <laughs> blue-collar, gluttony um, even like, you know, people say like, oh, you got to get a good steak. Like even that to me, like, sure, that's great once in a while. But I don't know. I just love the the potluck um, kind of style. Yeah. Meatloaf and mashed potatoes and maybe some green beans, man. I mean, that's that's still one of my all-time favorites. No, it's, it's, it, that is a delicious meal in and of itself. Well, Trust you're also me. talking to two kids who grew up eating Scrapple. You had Scrapple as a kid, right? Uh, I did, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So my, my culinary <laughs> snobbery does not extend too far uh, when you're rooted in Scrapple. I, I, I'll i say that 
the interesting thing about Scrapple is that there is, and this this is such a, a nuanced kind of idea, is that there is there is Scrapple, and then there is legitimate Scrapple. That when you have it and it's served and it's prepared really well, not not like the prepackaged stuff that you would get at the grocery store, but like yeah, actually like having butchers, or but like having like going to like a diner. Yep. And having them do like a greasy spoon and having them do scrapple that that will that will blow your mind as in terms of like what you can actually do with a lot of odds and ends from a lot of different cuts of meat and kind of how they they come together. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that a lot of people are just like, oh, I do not want to see how the sausage is made. No, you don't. But you don't. It's pretty good if you get it. You, don't. you get it right. Look, here, here's my tips for kids out there who want to try scrapple. <laughs> uh, if you got to get it pre-made, it, it should be gray. I know that sounds counterintuitive yep. to anything you've ever learned ever. It should be gray. If it's Gross. yellow, they've got too much cornmeal in it. Also, <laughs> if they serve it up to you, it should be nice and crispy and brown and, yep. and thin. They should cut it in thin, thin, thin slices mm-hmm. and crispy on the side and kind of soft in the middle still. So, yeah. My scrapple boys, where you at? Let me yeah. know. <laughs> I, I will say this. I I love cooking. I yep. do I do a lot of cooking. Just I've had I've had a friend who he went to CIA Culinary Institute of America yeah, yeah, yeah. and he came back and we went to high school together and and he's he's now a, a chef and now a teacher in in Arizona uh, my friend Chris and so I, I learned a lot of what I know about cooking from him and then you and I have had some friends that when we were in Pittsburgh uh, and when we were in college they actually worked in kitchens and so right. our buddy Alex who's been on our show before for right. definitely Emergency Plus Four as well as also our Ren and Snippy episode. Right. Uh, he was working at a, a couple restaurants where he was there. And so Alex was a big kind of proponent of like, Hey, come on into the kitchen and like, let me show you how to do some stuff and exactly. I'll, I'll help and I'll work with you. And like, here's some recipe books and what do you think? And so that was always great with me. And then obviously, uh, I keep talking about friend of the show and fiance, Melanie Harker. Uh, she has she's been, a, she's a fiance of the show, fiance of the show, Getting Melanie Harker to the show. So hands right. off. Ladies yep. and gents. Stay away. So they, so we, we have kind of, uh, we have watched not only just a ridiculous amount of Netflix food documentaries. Oh God, the British baking challenge is like porn, it's like oh. actual porn. This sponge, sponge is moist. Uh, it is, it's great. And we, chef's table is one of my, yep. one of my all time favorites. And actually for, for our honeymoon, we are actually going to one of the restaurants that was in the second season of oh, Chef's cool. Table. Nice. I don't uh, think I watched the second one yet. But that's it's cool. fantastic. And so there's the the whole thing. Yeah, I, I love it. And it, I, I like I watched MasterChef Junior and MasterChef. I prefer yeah. MasterChef Junior because those kids make me think that there is hope for us as human beings because of how supportive they are when somebody gets kicked off and they all hug that human and are just like, keep cooking. You're doing so good. That's but why like, I like the British one. Like, no one's ever mean to each other. I love it. I, so, and I, I will say that, you know, even watching some of the documentaries on Netflix, even the the documentary that's out there, uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi, hmm. uh, that made me cry. Like, I, I have, I have an emotional reaction when I watch people who are at the peak of their culinary profession execute flawlessly and i don't know what it is i love i love watching that and it, it maybe the only thing i could think it's akin to is watching keanu reeves in uh in john wick because you are watching a man at the height of what he is built to do just <laughs> flawlessly execute everybody that in the kitchen 
is what I love. That that to me is like the best. I think uh, my Bob Belcher, I think is my pinnacle. Oh, what I think of when I think of like hardworking cook, greasy spoon, feeding the family, making ends meet. That's my that's my preferred <laughs> level of cooking. But you know, I, I'll say this: like that that experience itself. I mean, you don't you never watch Bob Belcher turn out really like a shitty burger that menu is different with a good pun every oh, day every time. the the yeah, the every level time. of creativity that he's putting into what he's doing shows that he cares and that exactly. for me is what food means it's all about the intention uh and and the love that you bring to what you're making and so when you were saying you know it's all these family comfort foods like yeah, that to memory. me that to me that's a hundred percent what food is is yeah. having that experience you know whether it's molecular gastronomy tic tacs that you know, taste like Cheez-Its or, <laughs> or an actual box of cheez or an actual box of Cheez-Its. Like if that's something that's memorable to you, that, that to me is so, so important. I, I just, I love cooking. So tonight watching this show, this, this was a real treat to see some of these reactions. Yeah. The reactions we'll get into. I don't think I've ever had this kind of reaction to food in my life. I've probably come close a couple times for something that like really surprised me. It was something that was like really well done. It, that was basically, but it has to be like perfect. And we'll explain why in a second. But before we get there, right. this first episode actually does start off with some plot and some action, but we're going to save that for a minute so we can talk about the theme song. <clears throat> right. The intro. What are your thoughts on just the theme song itself? And then uh, how does the intro work for you? Sure. So I, I think the theme song does a decent job. It, it's, Sort of a, a, I'll say this, I'll separate it again into visuals and, and music. The, the music portion of it, I, 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 I've listened to the theme song now three times, three, four times. I, I could not hum a single bar of it if exactly. you asked me to, if you held a gun to my head. It, it was still fun. It, it kind of has a little bit of a driving uh, force behind the momentum of the song. I enjoyed that portion of it. I'll say the thing that I loved about it is the visual. The visual aspect of this theme song, which is kind of showing some of the the fresh fruits and vegetables and fish and and protein that they have in it, that was really fun because everything was in such bright colors. Yeah, and it sort of looked like if you were to put a farmer's market out into a beautiful field on an amazing summer day, like on a rolling green hillside. That's kind of what this theme song visually represented for me, and I loved that. It was like a, it was like a tour through like a, an outdoor supermarket kind of thing at times. And it's interesting that they put they put a ton of detail into the food, right? And not just in how they go together and how they're prepared and how they make up the recipes, but like just the design itself. Like I, I stopped a frame just looking at carrots. Yeah, I was like, I looked at these carrots. The carrots themselves were like, you know, you could obviously tell they were carrots, but then you'd look at like the greenery on them, and they were just like so finely kind of like filigreed. I was just like, who spent all this time? making these little leaves on a carrot like it's just that attention to detail that goes uh, to the food but also to the characters themselves like in the next frame they have a whole bunch of fish in a basket and the yep. little one of the fish just has a little mouth that just goes boop, kind of like oh it opened and closes all the other fish look like they are done and it market and and are dead but those little that one little fish so fresh. just goes boop. I was like, the attention to detail on this is just incredible. It was really good. It was honestly like watching any kind of um, any kind of cooking show where they do like a montage of the market or the pantry or the kitchen or the supplies or whatever ahead of time. It was just like that, but with anime. <laughs> so it was right. a really weird kind of like mushed together. Um, 
because they don't do a roll call, so you have no clue who these people are, but they do a visual kind of roll call where they introduce, I don't know, 30 different characters. Oh, boy. All different garb. Like Some obviously looked like they went to the university, the, the culinary academy. Some looked like they were like gangsters or just like a weirdos off the street. Like It was real hard to tell <laughs> what was going on. But I, I mean, it's fine. It's like a visual introduction. I think it's great. Again, the music doesn't really stand out one way or another. Maybe if I hear it another 30 times, I'll have a different <laughs> opinion on it. But honestly, after a couple of uh, runs with it, wasn't wasn't that memorable. Did you watch the outro, however? I did. I did. I did watch the outro. Uh, Again, I don't remember the music. What what about the visuals was interesting in the outro? It, it was interesting to see again food with a level of unexpected detail, and then to have sort of chibi or like cerebin, like cherubin, like sort of characters that are all nude women, kind of hugging those particular highly detailed food items, and so like think about like a niblet of corn and and, and like an, uh, and a shrunken ant-man sized woman yeah. just cradling tiny it woman. yeah tiny naked woman just holding on to that niblet of corn and just kind of seeming like she's taking a nap or she's very satisfied just, just chilling just hanging just out hanging out now to be fair there were also naked boys or men or whatever at the end as well right. one was riding a banana uh, which was funny and uh, it, it's just like a weird it makes sense once you watch the show because you get an idea of what this show is kind of about and what kind of humor it's going for. It made more sense, but it's also just very strange. Right. It's just weird, man. Sums uh, it up. Yep. Great visuals, intro, weird music. And, and that's a great uh, segue into the next section because we're going to talk animation style. Now, sometimes can, this can get kind of generic, but I think for this show in particular, there are certain things that we can call out. One thing that I'll call out is a, a shift in animation styles. Yes. So they have definitely like the house style that serves to cover the majority of the show itself, which is really crisp and really well done and nicely animated. Everybody has really defined designs, a really clean look to it. They'll sometimes shift. The, they, you know, you get kind of the, that's your narrative, your dramatic style. Then sometimes you get sort of the, the, like a fighting series, you get that like power up montage or that power up <laughs> sequence where they're like, you know, like strongly putting on a glove or like wrapping a, a headband around their head or just you know <laughs> or taking off taking off a, a wristband and kind exactly. of unfurling it in such yeah. a dramatic fashion. Very dramatic. Very. And then sometimes you have these silly chibi kind of moments where they're like, they look very two dimensional and they've got like a little asterisk or a little sweat sign over their head and it, it, you know the typical anime stuff. So. They do shift between animation styles every once in a while, but it's really the food, uh, the food itself, the preparation of the food, and then sort of the emotional state that people are in once they yikes taste this food. I I, I will say, you know, we we've talked about punch-ins a lot yeah. for animation stills, and so we we always talk about them, and and I, I think for me the historical connection that I have is Ren and Stimpy. Right. You know, they did a great job with being able to show those punch-ins when when Ren or Stimpy was sick or when they had like a booger or, or, or something that was going on with them that they really wanted to, to zoom in, punch in on and examine that and just show you the, a level of grossness and disgusting that you weren't ready for. Right. Food Wars is the exact opposite. They <laughs> yeah. will do a punch in where they show you a particular food item and it just looks so unbelievably delicious. Or disgusting. Or disgusting. There are a couple disgusting moments. Yeah. So you get something that is is either unbel- I'll go with the 
the delicious portion yeah, first. I'll stick with the disgusting. They they, <laughs> they they will punch in on something that is they'll punch in on something that is just so delicious that you start getting hungry and thinking, yeah. Oh my god, should I go in the kitchen and make that right now? I've never had a I've never had a cartoon do that. No, never. I've never had a cartoon do that. There's never been like there have been times where I'm like, oh, I wonder what a sensu bean tastes like, or like, uh, I don't know. I'd sure love to have some lasagna right now, but it wasn't like you know from watching Garfield. But it wasn't like I'm sorry. Did you have to make that distinction? What other cartoon characters? Sure. I wanted to make sure that people weren't like, well, I got the Dragon Ball lasagna. I don't know about lasagna <laughs> or like cans of spinach. You know what I mean? So, but but like that's the extent. Off the top of my head, those are the three food items that I can think of that were like. I mean, maybe pizza for pizza for Ninja Turtles for Ninja Turtles. But again, it's just like a sure. pizza, you know, this is like the focus of this show. Right. Yeah. The character story of uh, Soma is great. And we learn more about that as the episodes go on. But the main draw, the visual and kind of. Uh, I don't know. What's what's the word for uh, sort of the, the taste sensation to draw you in? Oh, it was just sort of the like the appeal, or like like when you're eating food, it's it's umami, which is like well, the, umami the fifth, is a different kind fifth, of flavor, right? But. It's like the fifth flavor, which is the culmination of all four. Of I the guess other I'm flavors. trying to say like the fla- there's like a flavorful <laughs> sensation that pulls you in. So there's like the visual appeal, in- enticing, the, yeah, enticing, like like taste taste okay. appeal though. Like if this had smell o vision, it would be fucking amazing. I'd be addicted. Oh to god, show. because one of the first things that they make is like we'll talk about it in a second, but it's like a pork roast. That's not really a pork roast. And this probably tasted and smelled amazing. And I yeah. want it right now, <laughs> but this is all to say animation style. They put so much focus on the design of each individual food item, the way it's prepared to show like the knife chops going across like a head of cabbage or a head of an onion or whatever. And they do these kind of flourishes where, uh, you know, if they're chopping up a bunch of stuff, it'll kind of be like thrown across the screen in like slow motion and it'll blend in with everything in the background. <laughs> and the steam from the pot that's like boiling will will blend in with that as well and act as kind of like a segue from scene to scene. It's really, really well done. And I feel like you could almost, almost watch the show, go through it frame by frame and just match their recipe. And at the end of the day, have something pretty close to what it was supposed to be on the show. Right. Which is pretty cool. So you've talked about sort of the the visual appeal of the food dave and i i i get that i i'm 100 percent on board with you now let's talk about sort of the state that this food puts people into sure well let me let me say real quick there's also attention to detail when it's disgusting as well as delicious oh sure so we'll talk about it in the plot, but there's something in the beginning where it th- this thing literally starts out with the syllables and the characters for disgusting disgusting (laughs) whatever that translates into in in japanese i don't know but in english it's just disgusting (laughs) and it's because soma's trying a recipe out well it doesn't work too well we get back to that in a minute however for the most part when people try any food uh by the yukihira family (laughs) it's either an orgasmic response Or it's like a really violated response if it's a disgusting bit of food. It's like the food in this show has like God powers. Like it's it's one extreme or the other. Yeah. There's nothing in between. And I, I, I'll say this. 
for the the couple of of montages that I've seen where people are having this euphoric, almost out of body experience for this food, right. it is hilarious. I mean, and for for things that are delicious, when it's disgusting, it's a little bit creepy. It's you know what? It's funny either way, but it's one of the types of humor that. It's just not for me all the time. Sometimes it'll make me kind of chuckle or smirk. Most of the time, honestly, I'm just like, okay, next. Like, I, I just want to get to the next thing. For me, this is where this show kind of like, it's one of the drawbacks just for me personally. I can see how this would appeal to a lot of people, how if this is your kind of humor, it's really funny because they that that's their thing. They're just going to keep doing it. So what we're basically saying is like, imagine that somebody's eating a piece of food and it causes them to essentially have like a full body orgasm. The visual representation of that is just like a focus on them. They're very flushed. They've kind of got like the heaving breasts. They've got the camera going like upskirt style. The knees are knocking together. The, you know, the sweat is kind of like glistening on their face. There's sort of like a a shadowy kind of shimmery background to them. It's sort of otherworldly. And then at some point, maybe we should save save that for the plot at the end well yeah i, I think the extreme we, version of it yeah. oh yeah the extreme version of it uh, uh, yeah. long story short these people are eating food and then immediately masturbating that's the show. basically what it is well it, it's not i mean they're not physically doing that you'd get kicked out of most restaurants i feel like there's probably some in new york that'll let you do that but it's it's more just like a visual representation of what the food is making them feel Right. And because of that like weird juxtaposition, that's where the humor is supposed to come from. Right. And everybody knows there's nothing quite so funny as when people explain jokes to you. <laughs> so if you if you love food and you love making food or watching people make food and you're a healthy pervert, this might be the show for you. <laughs> we welcome all healthy perverts. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's a, it's a very funny addition to the show because honestly, what else do you do with it? Like, right. Do you just have somebody have a piece of food and you're just like, oh, that was great. Thanks. You're a great chef. And just walk out. No, you have to go extreme with it. It made me think the one time that I, I actually saw this on television was a, a finale of MasterChef. And there was a woman named Carla who I believe won that season. Mm. And she is making she's making traditional uh, like uh, Mexican uh, Spanish uh, food. And she had tried something that she was making for a tamale and she like took a bite of it as she was getting ready to like actually put it like inside the husk, like the actual like corn mixture for it. Yeah. And she like took a bite and she was like, mm, and she just started crying. And I was like, oh Jesus! Like in my brain, I was like, the emotions are running high in this. But for yeah. her, it was like this is the best possible thing that I yeah. like, like. This is perfect. spot on perfect. Yep. It actually reminds me of that Matrix. I want to say the sequel, Reloaded. Reloaded scene where there's that like woman in the restaurant. And then there's a dude at a different table who like can pull strings of people's code and make them do things. Yeah, yeah. So he like orders basically like an orgasmic meal for her. Yeah. (laughs) So when she like eats a piece of chocolate cake or whatever it is, yeah. So it's that it's that kind of thing. It's that same kind of level. But they play it up for like humorous but also plot driven purposes, which we'll talk about in a second. However, this works in the disgusting realm too. Yeah. And that's where, like Sean said, it gets a little creepy. It's like you thought. If you thought we could get through an anime series without talking about tentacle porn, you're incorrect because it <laughs> 100% happens in like 10 minutes of this episode starting. This is not our clean episode for the uh, year. Perfect. It was definitely not. And that was like, I'm like, all right, that's a little much. I, like, I get it. You're poking fun at the tropes. You're also like, it's a little shock value, but 
Just not for me, man. Okay. Not for me. Fair. Just like squid tentacles and peanut butter is probably not for me and not for anybody. Yeah. It's not a good combo. But speaking of that, we have a very limited cast of characters in this episode. Right. So who do we get to meet and who stuck out to you? Uh, I mean, obviously Soma. Yeah. Soma is is a great character. I mean, as you mentioned, he's 15 years old. He's getting ready to to finish middle school. He wants to then be able to move on and begin to train uh, in the restaurant, work as a chef. Like he he's interested in a career in food services and is has dedicated pretty much all of his life to that already. Yeah. And now it's it's for him it's it's being able to achieve and accomplish that goal of beating his dad. Yeah, and his dad, by the way, Joe Ichiro, uh, kind of super cool to begin with, then kind of of a dick <laughs> at the end of the episode. And we'll talk about that in a second, too. But... Yeah. I, I, he seemed like super cool dad because it's like, it would be kind of cool if your dad owned a restaurant and you were just like cooking together and you got to learn from him, but cook alongside of him, but also help to like support the restaurant. And it's a nice kind of like rivalry that the two of them have. You learn early on that there's this occasional like, uh, taste test between their two dishes to see which one's better. And I think Soma's lost like 489 straight times. <laughs> but uh, Which is great, though. Yeah. But I mean, like, you realize that his dad, and I, I think the thing that, yes, his dad kind of throws a curveball at the end, and we've already spoiled that. At the same time, his dad's been preparing him for, like, for this academy yeah. the entire time. What he's doing with his dad is, is essentially a, a no-stakes version of these food wars. Right to prep his son for it. So I right. like these things are, are fun to see. And it's great to see that not only are these, these little mini father son food wars that they're having for what's the best dish, but they also do one that's for the most disgusting as well, yeah. which is a nice twist. Hilarious. I, Cause yeah. I, you know, I, you have to think anything in the culinary world, you know, we talked about octopus and peanut butter is not a great combination. And guess what? It's probably a terrible combo. At the same time, if I was to go to a nice restaurant and somebody was to say, this is on the menu, I think you will enjoy this tonight. The peanut butter octopus is exquisite. I'm I, sure it is somewhere. I'd order it. If it's cooked If it's cooked well enough, I will 100% order it and try it out. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Who else do we get in this episode? There's a couple minor players, which honestly I miss their names because I don't know if they'll even show up later on. Yeah. They're sort of like uh, classmates of, of Soma. At middle school, yeah, you one get of it. which is is subjected to both a very delicious and a very disgusting <laughs> bit of food. The poor girl. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then we had a we had a developer, Minigasaki. Minig that was her name, Minigasaki. Minigasaki. Because yeah. I looked it up to check the spelling of it, and then I was presented with a GIF, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh oh. I was just like, ah, so that's the thing that happened. Oh, uh, so did we rule thirty? Did we rule thirty four this it. already? I mean, it's not really Rule 34 when it's already in the actual episode. Oh, oh, rule yeah. Rule 34 is normally our, our healthy perverts out there <laughs> who are just like putting up what everybody wants to see on the internet. This was actually in the produced show That's in the right. first fucking episode. Oh, so, man. It's right, so, rule number one. So if you if you watch this show, you have rule number yeah. one and rule 34 yourself. Yeah, nicely done. Per perfect. Uh, yeah, so Minigasaki is, a, is an interesting character. She's just like this busty lady that comes in with a few henchmen. <laughs> And she's a real estate planner, so she wants to, she tries to do it kind of sweetly. She essentially wants to buy their restaurant and then replace it, tear it down, build a high-rise. Kind of typical uh, typical scheme. So we'll see how that works out for her and for Soma and his dad. 
once we get into the plot, which honestly, there's really no other characters left at the moment. Yeah, I that's mean that was that's really you. Now I will say this because I've watched a couple more episodes beyond episode you, one. You do meet you're briefly introduced to one at the end of this episode, which I'm assuming she plays a bigger role in the next. Oh, game. you have, you have no idea. I don't have any idea. Uh, you're talking. You talk about the lady with talk the about god waterfall tongue. lady. Yeah, right. by a jukebox. Uh, Arina uh, Nakira. Yep. Uh, and you you learn a lot about her. And so the the whole idea of him going to this academy really blows out his world. And so very tight. Yeah, I think I'd want to watch more. Yeah, very tight, narrow focus for that intro episode. So you can see the relationship, the dynamic, right. and the impact that these characters have on the people around them with the food that they prepare. They blow everything out to crazy proportions uh, starting in the second episode. Cool. Well, before we get to that, we got to start simple. So before we even got to that theme song in this first episode, what do, what do we get? We get an introduction to the, well, to Soma first, because he's out back grilling Octopus. squid tentacles and, and, uh, and peanut butter. Right. And just saying how disgusting it is. And then very soon after that, you're kind of like, okay, that's weird, but cool. Then he, we get the first brief glimpse of like a cooking scene with him and his dad making essentially just like these big bowls of like fried rice. Right. And they both present them to poor Soma's uh, classmate. Right. This is when you get the first scene again of she she tastes them and then she basically has an orgasm right there at the at the counter, and then declares his dad the winner <laughs> for like the four hundred eighty ninth straight time. No, we we have to we have to admit, as we were saying, the the level of healthy perversion that's in this. And then when we say essentially has an orgasm, like her. There's like moments where they they accentuate parts of her body that kind of get like a glisten where like she kind of like perks up. And so there's like one at her spine. There's one at her chest. All of a sudden, like you see her behind the counter of her cheeks get flushed. She's behind the counter and she's rubbing her thighs together vigorously. And like like her knees are kind of buckled and you're sitting there watching this and you're like, is this actually happening right now? Some good rice. Yeah, it's great fried rice. I was thinking that's some great rice. Because again, this is like this is within your your first like minute. Yeah. Like first (laughs) sixty to ninety seconds of the show, this is occurring. This really does a great job of setting the tone for what the rest of this series is going to be about. So, and what's funny is it's not even like a private like one on one thing. It's like everybody has gathered around to see this latest competition. So she, this is happening to her in front of everybody else, but they're just like, "Oh, so cool, he won again." It's like a <laughs> typical thing. And what I love is Soma's reaction to it because his dad is just kind of like, "Hey, you know, enjoy the enjoy the plate, enjoy the meal." And then Soma is like over in the corner and he's like, uh, he's kind of like grumbling to himself. He's like, I should have flipped the rice three more times in the pan. He's like, how am I ever going to beat my dad if I can't remember simple things like that? Right. But then he also has this kind of like shadow hanging over him in the corner when the girl comes up to like make amends. And she's basically saying like, your dad's dish was great. She's like, but that doesn't mean that yours was bad. She's like, yours was really good too. It just wasn't quite. And then he's just, <laughs> he just like turns into this kind of like creep demon for a second. Yeah. And then, Here's where it gets creepy. He just like takes the squid peanut butter and just like forces it in her throat. And if you thought that was bad enough, what happens after that? This is the state of euphoria that we've talked about where suddenly out of the squid tentacle that she's eaten, there's sort of squid tentacles that kind of envelop her body and seem like they are taking advantage of her for a moment. So... Again, yeah, this is within yeah, the first a long moment too, because they literally take her clothes off. Yeah, they point. they linger on this for a little longer than they need and to. She was like, "It was so disgusting. I felt like a, a giant squid head 
enveloped my body. And it's like, <laughs> all right, a little much, but we get it. Again, this is in the first two minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you if you can hang in there until the actual theme song, then you might be all right for the rest of the ride. Right. Because it, does, it doesn't, it calms down a little bit, but not really. Yeah, man. So what I liked was that like business, like things got back to normal at the restaurant after the theme song intro. Like we get to see them. Soma and his dad is like cooking, serving customers, cleaning up the dishes, and then closing up shop pretty much for the end of the night. But this is where Minigasaki shows up. And Minigasaki, you know, is kind of insulting this because this is just considered, this restaurant is just considered a diner. Right. Sort of a very low level. Not it's not fine dining. It's, it's just like a, a noodle shop or a Right. It's just a yeah. diner. And so, you know, she's she's inquiring about what makes this place so special. And Soma does a great job of explaining, like, we don't serve traditional items here. We don't serve, you know, just like a, a standard menu. We serve what people want. And to your right. point, Dave, what you mentioned earlier about some of your food experiences that you've had and why they've been so good is it's because it's been that that moment or it's been that experience where you've had something that's been a comfort food. Right. And so they are essentially serving Japanese style comfort food to people who are in their neighborhood, you know, who are looking for that, you know, something that maybe a grandmother had made or a mom had made when they were, were younger, trying to recapture that sense and that feeling. Yeah. Like ratatouille. Exactly. A hundred percent ratatouille. Yeah. And so, you know, to, what I liked about this interaction was that, Look, if this lady walked in, like in real life, most people would probably just be like, okay, I'm going to see what she has to say. Soma was just like, nope, I want nothing to do with this woman. So it almost seems like he knew about her. He knew about her uh, dealings, business dealings around town. He kind of had like forewarning not to trust her right? for whatever reason because she's, she's kind of snake-like when she comes in. She seems very charismatic. She seems very approachable. Fan servicey when she very leans down in her. Servicey. Her breasts just pop. Oh, that's, just I mean, that's pop. the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fan service stuff going on. But I liked how Soma reacted and responded to her. Right. Because he wasn't, you know, he didn't have like a nosebleed. He didn't go rocketing out of the roof of the, the diner or anything. He was just like, what do you want? We're closed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciated. That was good. It's just always looking for that rude, that rude person to just walk into a restaurant and be like, yeah, we closing like now. So get the yeah, fuck, get, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. But, I mean, as he should have said, because she basically lays down the line, like, look, uh, your business is going to go under, or we can just buy it out right now, and we, we're going to just, like, develop this area. Right. And she's like, you know, sometimes businesses, their stock, you know, their their supplies go bad, or they run out of certain ingredients, or their, you know, whatever goes sour, or they get shut down by the healthcare um, inspectors, or whatever. He's like, no, we'll be fine. Thanks. Thanks for coming. And basically just turns her away. He literally, like, she gives him her, her business card, and he literally puts it on, a, like, a hibachi or whatever and just, like, cooks it. <laughs> just just turns it to crisp. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. However, it does not work out so well for Soma. What, uh, what happens the next day? Uh, he shows up, and lo and behold, all of those ingredients, everything that they would serve for regular service, uh, has been actually destroyed. But first, his dad calls him and says, hey, I've got some business that I need to attend to. I'm going to be away for the night. Don't worry about opening up the restaurant. Yeah. Totally fine. But upon arrival, he realizes that somebody's already been in that restaurant and again, has destroyed everything that they have. You know, all the meat, all the eggs. Uh, they've gone outside and they've egged 
or, or they put paint on top of the extra milk or whatever that was out it, there. Yeah. Again, for a show that is about food and sex, it looks like they just splattered the entire top of it in like a bukkake. Like it just yeah, that's pretty much what it was. It looked it looked like it was semen. <laughs> Like just yeah, all over the not place. Great. Not just like great. a lot of it, though. Just a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a real quick side note, like you mentioned about his dad. Soma kind of says, like, what could possibly be so important that he's not opening a restaurant? Like, that's crazy to him. It, it's crazy to him to think that, like, anything would ever come between them and the restaurant itself. Because that's been, like, Soma's dream to continue that pursuit. So it, it's kind of inconceivable for him to think that there's anything else that could pop up between them. Right. But yeah. So Soma gets to the restaurant, sees everything trashed, and then guess who shows up? Ah, uh, we have our real estate developer again. And, and this time she wants a juicy meat dish. Yeah, th- this is what's really crazy <laughs> is that again, you know, the, uh, I, I, I don't know, I'm assuming that this has to all obviously be a part of this and that this wasn't something that's getting perverted in translation. I have to I'm think. Assuming this was all in the original manga, I have to think that this is all super intentional too. So and I, I wonder in the in the manga too. It's probably more of like a. It's probably a better translation of the feelings that you have with the food. Sure. Because you don't have the extra, you know, you don't have the animation, you don't have the moaning, you don't have the the noises that everybody's making. So it's a little less ridiculous. So it's just that solid panel with like kanji across the entire back of it, and then at the bottom it's like sound effects. Ah. Yeah, or there's just like like a slight tremor to it, or just like the sheen and the and the you know the flushed cheeks. Right, it's a little tamer, I'd say. But but all of the the visual nature of this aside, whether it's the anime or the manga, the thing that remains consistent is what the requests are, the actual dialogue between these characters. Because again, right. we have our we have our very busty real estate developer coming in and saying that she wants a juicy meat dish. Which I love on two senses because one, obviously it's pervy. And then two, obviously <laughs> she knows that they've destroyed everything. So there's no way that this kid is going to have the, the juicy dish meat dish. Just say juicy wants. meat dish. She's, he's definitely not going to have a hot, juicy, steaming meat dish. Just going to give her, you need to make sure that she gets a JMD, that juicy meat dish. That JMD. JMD. Yikes. She knows she's not going to get it because there's nothing left. He doesn't have anything to give her. So then she's essentially like, well, if you can't do that, then you've you've forfeited what you're all about and what your restaurant's all about, so you need to shut down. Right. That's essentially her like her plan. <laughs> I say that with air quotes because it's kind of silly in real life. But I love that he just rises to the occasion and and takes that challenge. He's like, yeah, coming right up. And, and, bets, and bets the restaurant in yeah. this challenge and says – if I don't prepare for you a delicious juicy meat dish, you know, I, I, we will, we will shut yeah, down and we, we will, we will yours. pull the plug yep. on the restaurant. And then she comes in and says the same thing. Right. She's like, if you, if you make something that absolutely floors me, then I'll just leave you alone. Right. I'll never come back. And so this becomes the part of the episode where as I'm watching this, I am thinking to myself, I can make this at home. I'm 100%. thinking to myself, I can I like, I wish I 100% this right make this yeah. at home. Which What's is- interesting, though, is like you're watching him, and you don't quite you, you see him cutting stuff up, and then you see what looks like a meatloaf or a pork roast, and you're just like, okay, but where, but how did he get this? It's sort of like uh, the, the anime series where the lead character will do something either magical or a trick, a card trick kind of thing or something like that. Or like, you know, if you're watching Yu-Gi-Oh! and you're like, well, how the hell did he come out of that? <laughs> you know, no win situation and end up winning the the game. And he's like, well, here's a breakdown of all the cards I used. 
it's that kind of thing where he like explains every step of the process. See, but it's kind of cool this way because it's an actual recipe. So like you need to actually like put your hand over top of like a like a like a protein and just go, I believe in the heart of this chicken. And then yeah, you cook the, the heart, heart of, of that chicken. chicken. Yeah. Arise. Arise chicken. I, 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 I want to point out the fact that you mentioned uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. This series is really weird because later on in the series at some point, there is a character that almost exactly looks like Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, so, that's ridiculous yeah. on a number of levels. Oh, but I love, this, I love this recipe breakdown because he's not just like, I cut up onions, I threw it in with some potatoes, and then I wrapped everything in bacon. He's like, I, I cut up onions to add some sweetness. What else did he put in there to soak? Mushrooms. He's like, mushrooms. I chopped up mushrooms to soak up some of the oil mm-hmm. from, the, from, the, from the cooking process. And, from, and he like mashed up the potatoes so they would be formable. And then he uh, wrapped them in bacon that he had bought just that morning for like his breakfast. So they didn't get to that bacon yet. So he explained why he had meat laying around. Right. And then he talks about like the red wine, the soy sauce, and the butter. In oh, the, he used the, the sake. And sake in the, yeah, in the sauce itself. And I mean, even just watching that, that pan of red sauce with like a pad of butter just slowly melting into it. Oh, man. It, you have to remind yourself that this is all animated, right? They're not just pointing a camera at an actual pan of stuff that they're sauteing. This is all from scratch animation. It's, it's, it's just like mind blowing to think like, okay, they just animated a cooking show. Right. Like A, that's crazy. And B, that's like some real dedication to the craft here. And it works. It works really well. And to the point that I wanted to eat this gotcha yeah, pork, pork roast. To the point that when this pork roast, when this gotcha pork roast is put down in front of our busty developer, yeah. she can't believe it. But it's, it is laid and plated in front of her in such a way when it has like a little bit of like watercress over top of it. It's, I think it had like rosemary on it from the recipe that we looked up. Oh, uh, on, on top of it? Well, that was in the actual recipe for like to make this at home. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe not because that was in the cooking process and then you toss that. But. Gotcha. Garnish. Um, yeah, just the garnish that's on top of it, I believe, is... Yeah, I mean, it's parsley or like like sure. a, like the greens from like a watercress. Yeah. Um, so when this item is plated and dropped down in front of these people, it is laid with such a gusto that like it, it, it has like wind... And, and and air and it has a presence these dishes yeah, almost have yeah, yeah have like, exactly an <laughs> elemental power in and of itself that upon presenting is just blowing everybody away like making just from the smell of it oh and it looks incredible i mean the dish it does look good. looks i mean I'm, I'm still hungry right now just talking yeah, about this it sounds really good and so it, it, it's it's crazy to see that during that first bite that busty real estate developer has I mean, it, you you can tell that like these people are just in just they're they're done they're done. They're cooked. This is this is she's like busting out of her already too small outfit to begin with, right? And then what's what's hilarious is that she like controls herself, and then this is when she asks like, "How did you do this?" Because everything you had was destroyed. So that's when he walks through the recipe, but then he just uh, okay. So two things I thought was interesting. He goes and details the recipe. And then he says he came up with the idea because of a mistake. Right. Earlier in his career, when somebody asked for potato salad with, uh, with pork chops, I guess, he plated it in a way that the juice from the pork chops bled over into the potatoes and it kind of like got, it took on the, their flavor. So he remembered that and he incorporated it into this dish to try to mimic what a, a pork roast would be like, which I was like, okay, that, that's, a, that's a cool thing to add in. 
But then I love what he did next, which was he took the plate away. Right. He he had these people hooked on just the aroma and just like one taste of it, like a drug dealer. And then he just took it away from them. Well, because it almost just like, nope. It seemed in that moment that real estate developer was ready to back out of the deal. Exactly. Saying like, yeah. oh, I never made She's that. Like, this isn't never real. made this that bet. Dish. You know? or, and she was like, this isn't a meat dish. It doesn't count. It's just potatoes dressed up with bacon. Right. Yeah. So he's like, well, okay, if you don't want it, I'll just take it away. And she's like, no, 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 come back. <laughs> uh, to the point that when the dish returns, yeah. the montage that happens from this uh, point out, this this might be the the level of etchy that I don't know that I, like, I'm comfortable with it, but it's hilariously perverted Yeah, is the best way I can say it. This is one of those things where... If you're ever watching something and someone comes into the room, whether it's a stranger, whether it's a friend, family, loved one, whatever, and you feel the need to have to explain what's going on. Or why you're not wearing any clothes. Yeah, or why you're you're, uh, visiting our sponsor's website. Uh, You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe too much or maybe something to watch on your own at that point. That's like the level that we're approaching here. It's that line that kind of divides those two sides of things. So what happens with the meat juices? I mean, exactly. That. I love that. I love that all the dudes like she's getting ready to eat, but then all the dudes come in with their forks, like they can't hold it any longer. Right? Either. They just all dive at the table with their forks. Well, I mean, everybody is like a classic, uh, classic Warner Brothers animation when somebody puts like a pie or Disney animation too, like when somebody puts a pie on a windowsill and that aroma hand just kind yeah. of wafts underneath their nose and entices yeah. them and pulls them in. This is happening to all three of the henchmen that are in this room as well as also busty real estate woman. And they are woofing this food (laughs) to a point where you're just like, Ooh, slow down. Cause I don't know that, uh, I don't know that Soma knows the, the Heimlich maneuvers. They are cramming all of this down and they are all experiencing this state of, of orgasm together, which is crazy because they are like they are blasting off into like essentially space yeah. and they and they have like they are removed of all of their clothing oh not just removed of all their clothing like, they they start with Minigasaki and the camera like spirals up and under her skirt and then she kind of like twirls and then her clothes just explode off of her body and she's just like naked floating through space but then it cuts to each of the thugs in turn this is the gift that popped up when i searched her <laughs> name by the way so i was just like oh that's a thing and then i saw it again on the show all the thugs, like the first two are like these like ripped muscular dudes. The third one's a short little like fat guy, which I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> All their clothes blow off. And then the montage is them just kind of like spiraling around each other with their either their heads or some weird like energy covering up all their uh, genitalia, essentially. Right. But that's it. So it's either like there's there's body parts in front of each other's genitalia or there's just like a giant burst of light for whatever reason. And then it cuts back to them all passed out on the floor, still fully clothed. Well, as so this is just like a state of mind. And as yeah. they're doing this, like there's like the explosions of stuff that's going out. They're all oh, yeah. screaming, "Meat juice!" Meat juices. Yeah. Yikes, guys! So someone wins. <laughs> someone wins. It it's funny, but it's a little much. Yeah. I love the fact that the the chubbier of the henchmen, as he's spiraling out of control and they're shooting meat juice all over, he is actually yeah. trussed up like a piece of meat. Oh, I missed. He's that. like held. Funny. He's like held together with like uh, like trussing like, like twine. twine that you would use to like it's truss a twine. turkey. Hilarious. That's hilarious. I missed that. That's really funny. <laughs> it's worth to go back and see that gif again, then, Dave. All right, no pants. You got it. No pants. Uh okay. So that you think that'd be pretty much the end of the episode. Restaurant saved. Everything's great. 
Soma's out there. He won for the day. All he's got to do is clean all the bukkake off of the awning outside <laughs> before his dad gets back. He should be totally fine. So what happened? How do we close this episode out? Right. So we have we have the dad coming back, and he he asked that kind of pivotal question again. He's like, "What do you what do you plan to do after middle school?" You know, and 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 Soma responds with the the same answer, like, "You know, I'm I'm, I'm like I, I want to be a part of this family business. I wanna I wanna cook at this this place. Like, I wanna I wanna get better. This is what I, I'm dedicated to to beating you in our little mini food battles that we have." And keep in mind that Soma just like put himself on the line against these people to make this dish to save the restaurant. Too. Right. And he's he won, so he's riding kind of high on that. Yeah. And now his dad's back, and he's like, "Cool, I've got a cool story to share with him." Right. You know, and he's even humble about it too. Like when his yeah. dad's like. Hey, what happened? Eh, nothing much. Like nothing yeah. I couldn't handle. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it, he. He's rather calm and and you know he he believes in the skill. He believes in the heart of the food. You know, and so heart of the cards. Heart of the cards. And so he's he's relaxed. His dad's questioning him, and in that moment, his dad just goes, "I'm going to be shutting down the restaurant for two to three years." <laughs> it's it's a great beat because the music goes from like kind of. Nice reunion between father and son, this great victory moment. And then it's essentially Soma just like collapses onto the ground in, in shock. And the music plays that beat really well because he's just like, Well, I'm closing down the restaurant for a few years. And it's like, Wait, what? You're doing what? And, and you know, in disbelief, Soma, Soma doesn't get this. He doesn't know why this is happening. He's not privy to exactly what's going on. His dad explains to him that. And neither are we, really. Yeah. His dad explains to him that, you know, a friend has has asked him to to partner together and so he's got some he's got some work to do and so he feels that it's important to do that and in the meantime you know he kind of he kind of ends this by sort of like thrusting his fist into his son's chest yeah and he's kind of like you have to like you have to move on and you have to you have to figure this out for yourself like this is a time yeah, for like you to 15 time for you to be on your own yeah. in the world while i go hang out with a mysterious friend i've never talked about before. exactly go to, go to culinary academy which, which yeah. you know they they set up at some point when soma is coming home after school before this uh this gotcha gotcha pork dish battle that he has where he's talking about and he's lamenting about the fact that he really doesn't know a lot about his dad's reasons for cooking Right. Or what his dad did previously in, in the and you, kitchen. And you do learn that out throughout the course of the series. You do right. learn more about his dad and his ties to the school and, and whatnot. So, yeah. So it's, it's an interesting moment to have his dad, this pivotal, idolized character to mm-hmm. Soma, become even more mysterious with like a, with like a weak fist punch. <laughs> did, he, did he just like fist punch him in the chest or did he hand him that? Uh, application to or that news the newsletter whatever it was flyer uh, it may have been the newsletter because they kind of cut back and forth they cut back and forth between that and then soma walking with his bag kind of like hitchhiking down the road to go to this academy because he's looking at the flyer but then he keeps like crunching it up in his hand and then it keeps kind of going back and forth so i don't know if he handed it to him basically all i know is the dad walked in and was like i'm shutting down the restaurant you're old enough to be off on your own i'm gonna go hang with some friends and as soon as i pack this bag i'm leaving it's like holy shit you're the worst yeah yeah, but I do like when Soma arrives at the academy because he he has a great moment where he's like, "Ugh, culinary academy is just going to be exactly like this," and he has this kind of like little thought bubble where it's just like this little old Japanese man, like, oh, "I'm going to show you how to make a sandwich." Yes, sensei. Like, yes, sensei. And it's very cute and very quaint, but it's clearly not anything Soma yeah. wants to be a part of. However, he sees two students like groveling, crying, on their knees, begging in the in the parking lot 
And essentially they're like, we failed our examination. We got expelled. And their like rich dad is on the phone trying to talk to the, uh, like essentially like bouncers or security guards <laughs> for this academy. And they're like, please, I'll give you 10 million. I'll give you $20 million if you just let my idiot kids back into the school. Right. And they're like, nope, that's it. So it gives you a hint that there's something major going on at this place. And then the camera pans way, 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 way up to this like pagoda in the clouds where apparently this culinary academy is. And that's the last I see of it. Sean watched a little bit more. but Right. You just, you get a great introduction to some of the people who are at the school and with any school, there's a hierarchy in terms of right. the student body, some of the responsibilities that are instilled within some of these, these third year students. And so you, you meet some of them very quickly. Uh, you learn and you understand. And, and I think the great thing is, is that, there's a moment in the second episode where he he creates a, a Soma creates a rather inspiring and interesting dish, and it is uh, using an idea or a technique that they use in soup dumplings. Oh, interesting. Which I have had some of my first soup dumplings uh, a couple months ago, and they are amazing. See, it doesn't sound like like if you were telling me that in like a, a writer's room or something, I'd be like. Ugh. I don't know, but <laughs> but seeing the execution of this show, it's like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that I'm great. on board. Let's do this. Yeah, ah, it's good, good stuff. All right, anything else? Anything else to tease for the future of the show, or anything else you're looking forward to seeing? I, like, I I think I'd like to watch more just to see if I can get get over the kind of like pervy etchy stuff. Uh, just kind of see how Soma gets along with people outside of his little circle <laughs> and uh, where he goes from there. Well, I, I will say this is a little bit of a spoiler for later on. Yeah. Uh, Soma paints a huge target on his back. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, and I, I kind of alluded to this and I'll, I'll make mention of it, is that, you know, his justification for this is that a lot of these people are coming into this school because they're inheriting a title or possibly... Right. They've essentially, like, paid their way. Right. They, you know, they, they've been... They didn't work to get to this point. And there's a really cool moment in the third episode where Soma just says... I first held a knife at the age of three. I have been working in my dad's restaurant, like cooking for 12 years. I'm not going to take shit from people like you who have never actually worked in a kitchen and served somebody before. I like that. And and that's a level of, of skill. It was almost that moment where in Prince of Tennis, where suddenly you see our character, he's like, Oh, I'm going to change my serve. And you're like, Oh, Okay. It's a, I've been oh, right handed right. this whole time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, gloves are off. Gloves are off yeah. now. This, like it's it. it's a fun moment to, to to see for this. And so I, I'm excited to watch more. So you sold me on it, William. I'm 100% job, on William. board. But So I guess that's your recommendation. Well, 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 well it's not. Uh, well. We're going we're gonna to get to my recommendation and dibs in a moment. But hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah, you listening right now. Oh, man, you love to share your opinions on the internet. And we love to read them for a little segment that we call Love It or Hate It. And we wouldn't have a Love It or Hate It without longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem. Bobby, take it away for this week's Love It or Hate It. This week's Love It comes from Christian Skank987, who rated the show 10 out of 10 on March 16th. 2018 in a post titled one of the better comedy anime christian said i absolutely enjoyed this anime it had some of the funniest things that i've ever seen 
You just have to watch the first three episodes to know that it is truly glorious. If you do not like it by then, just go ahead and stop. The only thing I think is important to mention is that people who are not all too fond of etchy stuff might find it unappealing. But other than that, it has everything that you might want to have in an anime. Character development, comedy, perfect animation. The visuals are insane. Fantastic soundtracks. Why does a cooking anime have soundtracks that rival Attack on Titan soundtracks? Tension and some very heartfelt moments. Considering that there are not that many really good comedy anime out there, you probably can count them with both hands. You should give it a go. And our hate it comes from Jeremy David Kuna, who rated the show 3 out of 10 on April 9th, 2018, in a post titled, Neat Idea, Lazy Cliche Writing. Jeremy wrote, I was originally misled by this anime due to the fact it starts off in an oddball way that suggests it's going to be more akin to a comedy fantasy adventure that focuses on cooking. That quickly changed within the second or third episode, and the anime basically devolved into a cooking drama with some bits of comedy here and there. The fan service has continued to get worse and worse with every episode. At first it started off with once in a while and it has now gotten to the point someone's clothes are exploding off their bodies from eating some noodles or something every single episode. This just feels lazy, like they can't even rely on their own writing to keep the viewer's attention and instead has to rely on sex. I had high hopes for this anime, but by season 4 it just falls flat on its face. I got to say, I love the fact that Bobby is kind of opening and closing our shows now. (laughs) Perfect. Couldn't be better. We're going to, we're stopping this podcast and we're doing Mm -hmm. a podcast that's called Bobby bookends and it's, he begins shows for us and then he ends shows for us. And then that's it. That's it. You get the best parts of our show, which is just Bobby Anthem's openings (laughs) and outros. Not us jabbering around for an hour and a half. Hey, bud, did you like Food Wars? Are you going to watch more? Yeah. Uh, William, great recommendation, friend. Uh, I'm loving this show. This is this is great. It merges two things that I, I really love, which is being healthy, perverted, and, and watching people cook food. So this is this is 100% a win for me. So I, I highly recommend this. I'm a little more on the fence as far as like how much more I'm going to watch of this one, but I definitely recommend for people to check it out out there. You'll know in the first episode if it's your thing or not. Uh, like one of our reviewers said, you'll know <laughs> within the first episode. It's very obvious whether this is your kind of thing or not. Uh, but yeah, it's super cool. I love the premise of it. It's very unique, original, and there's a ton of content out there for you to, to enjoy. I mean, it's still going right now yeah. as we're talking. So that's pretty cool. Crazy. Thanks, William. Yeah. Oh. It actually, real quick, it reminds me of another show I think you can watch on Netflix called Kakiguri. And it's kind of like a gambler's academy. Oh. So the academy is set up in a similar way that there's like an elite ruling class. But it's all about like different uh, gambling and games of chance. It's not great, but it's okay. And it kind of reminds me of Food Wars in in that sense. It's got the same kind of etchy stuff. It's got some like 
sometimes the the tricks that they pull off in order to like win some of these games are like just so outlandish to not even be interesting or cool so it's like cheating at gambling yeah it's essentially like this is a school for gamblers but in order to be the best one you have to be a great cheater so it's so it's rounders it's the movie rounders with rounders. yeah like animated rounders Rounders. yeah i like that if that's your thing check it out kakiguri okay yeah. <sighs> Other than watching Kakiguri with your pants off, what are you up to in the next couple of weeks? <laughs> hey guys, as always, I perform live improv comedy with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with DC dot org. Dot org? Yeah. Yeah. Dot org. Guys. It has been for 200 episodes. I hope it's still org. Holy shit. <laughs> you can always find me on IG and the chirps at Sean Paul Ellis. Fucking chirps. chirps. You can find me on the chirps, I guess. Big old bag of chirps at Dr. Claw MD. <laughs> you can also find me on nerdist.com, collider.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this little show right here, we'd love it. You'd head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday morning cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can find out all kinds of info over there, and you can even chip into the show and help us put this little podcast on each and every week. If you want, you can head on over to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Follow us on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's IG work on our Instagram page. Keep that conversation going on Facebook. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, you want to be awesome like William, drop us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Hey, what do we got coming up uh, next week on the old listener appreciation? Oh, man, we have more uh, listener appreciation to check out. How about that? <laughs> what a surprise. Do you actually want me to give away the episode? Uh, no. Make me go to our Patreon. Jeez. <laughs> Hard fucking sell right now. Yikes. Is it going to be more anime? No. How about that? We're moving on to a couple, we're moving on to a couple different things. We've weaned. We've transitioned. We are pivoting. We out of it. We, out we of pivoted. It. Thanks for pivoting with us. <laughs> we will see you next time. Meat juices. Meat juices. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.